0: coming up now and established in the faith the holy spirit within your heart and life is that holy ghost state trooper and friend let me tell you when you do wrong he's going to pull a blue light on you and you had better hit the brakes and david's heart smote him Neighbor and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're gonna go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 24. 1 Samuel chapter 24, 1 Samuel 24, beginning with the first verse. 1 Samuel 24, verse 1. And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, "Behold, David is in the wilderness of Gedi." Then Saul took three thousand chosen men out of all Israel, and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepcoats by the way, where was a cave. And Saul went into the cave to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And I want to just stop right there and zero in on that last little portion there, verse 5. And David's heart smote him. I want to take a look at that today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this word which I believe you have given unto me to give to these people. And Lord, I thank you for every one that's under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, I dare not embark upon this message without asking for your anointing, your help, your leading and guidance. Form every word in my mouth. Lord, may your word go forth today and accomplish that, Lord, for which you would have it to. Anoint your people today to hear to receive of this word, Lord, that we might be drawn closer to you, is my prayer today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. As we've read here in this verse of Scripture today, Saul receives word that David is now in the wilderness of En And as soon as he receives this word, he chooses out 3,000 men to go after David. This was not play pretty time. This was serious business. Saul was meaning to kill David. He wasn't just going to go over there to the wilderness of En Gedi and find David and say, hey, how you doing? He was going over there to kill David. The, the strange thing about it is, if you'll look down in verse 20 of this same chapter, you'll see where Saul knew that God had chosen David to be the future king of Israel. And despite all of that, Saul deliberately sets himself against the will of God chooses out these 3,000 men of war, and follows after David, trying to kill David, trying to stop the will of God. What we see taking place here between Saul and David, it is a picture of what takes place within the heart and life of the Christian. Every single human being is born with two natures. You have a human nature, that which makes you human, your personality. You eat, you laugh, you drink, you work. You procreate. You do all the things that are indicative of a human being, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the way God has made us to be. Human nature. But because of the fall, because of what took place in the Garden of Eden at the very dawn of time, man has a sin nature. A sin nature. That propensity within to do that which is wrong. That goes against what God has said. And God has plainly told us in His Word what is right and what is wrong. Identified what sin was with the Ten Commandments. And the heart of man automatically gravitates toward that which is wrong. The sin nature. The sin nature will corrupt human nature. Appetites that are out of control. And that covers a wide territory. The thing that makes you human, human nature. The sin nature will corrupt human nature. Two natures that every single person is born with. But you, as a child of God, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you now have a divine nature, a third nature. The Holy Spirit has now come inside your heart and life and is taking up residence there. Glory to God. And let me tell you, He that is in you is greater than he that is in this world. The Holy Spirit is greater than the sin nature. Understand that. The most powerful force in all of the universe is living on the inside of you. And the thing that opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and life was simple faith. That's it. Diana, if you will, pull it up on the screen. Romans chapter 5 and verse 21. Romans 5 verse 21. The Apostle Paul told us There in that passage That as sin hath reigned unto death I want you to look at that That as sin In the Greek we have what is known as the definite article Which is in front of the word sin And it would actually read in our English The sin So it would actually read That as the sin has reigned unto death Most of the time when we think of sin, we think of acts of sin. We think of the word sin as being a verb. But Paul uses it here in this particular verse. And as he goes on into the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, he uses the word sin as a noun, which is a person, place, or thing. And he says, as thee sin has reigned unto death. Sin, the sin nature in you, wants to rule and reign, and did rule and reign in your heart and life prior to salvation. The lost world out here that, do, that does not know Jesus Christ The sin nature is ruling and reigning within their hearts and life. He gives the orders and they go and do. You want to know why this world is in the mess that it's in? It is because people are listening and going by what the sin nature dictates within their hearts and lives to do. But Paul said just as the sin nature has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through Jesus Christ, through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, the moment you place your faith in Christ and what He did for you at Calvary's cross, the Holy Spirit comes inside. Paul said that grace might reign through righteousness Here we have the word grace being used as a noun, a person, place, or thing. It is God's will for the Holy Spirit to rule and reign within the heart and life of the Christian. Sin, the sin nature is not to have dominion over you as a child of God. And that decision is entirely up to you. You can make a decision. You can yield the members of your physical body to the sin nature. Or you can yield the members of your physical body to the Holy Spirit. Known as grace. That divine influence of the Holy Spirit upon your heart. And its reflection in the life. That's what grace means. And what we see happening between Saul and David, it is a picture of this battle that goes on within the heart and life of the Christian. Saul knows what the will of God is. He knows that David is going to one day take the throne Of Israel. But Saul doesn't want to give up his authority. He doesn't want to relinquish that control. And Saul does everything that he can to kill David. The sin nature that's in your life wants to kill the Holy Spirit that's in your life. That battle. That battle that goes on within. And understand that. And David is in the wilderness of Engedi. I want you to think about that for just a minute. David. This is the one. The Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. This is the one that God has anointed to be the future king of Israel. This is the one that threw a stone and killed the giant. God's chosen man. The one whom God has laid his hand upon. But yet God would allow David to go through 10 to 12 years... Of hell on earth running from Saul. Saul trying to kill him. Living in caves. Living in the woods. Not knowing where the next meal is coming from, constantly having to peep over his shoulder to see if Saul is hot on his tracks trying to kill him, and now on top of that, the Bible says that David's got about six hundred men now that are following him, and they're looking to him for leading and guidance. And David is now in the wilderness of En Gedi. What is that? There is a lot to be learned within the pages of this Bible that I hold in my hands. But once you open up this book and you learn something, God's going to give you an opportunity to walk out what He's worked in. And there are some things that just cannot simply be learned from reading the Bible. It comes by experience. Where do you find that at in the Bible, James? Well, Moses. God taught Moses on the backside of the desert for 40 years. took him about 40 minutes to get out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Moses. See, the wilderness... For 40 years. The children of Israel. For 40 years they wandered around in the, in the desert. The wilderness once again. Even Jesus Christ. Before he started his earthly ministry. Anointed of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness. And you and I as a child of God. You're going to have to go through the wilderness experience at one time or the other. Why is that? Because there's something there that you've got to learn. David had to learn some things. Things that could not be learned any other way. What was God doing? Why was God doing this to David? Because... David was to be the future king of Israel. David was the one through whom God would use to destroy all of the enemies of God. It was through David's family that the Messiah would ultimately come, the Redeemer of mankind. David had to learn some things. You and I, must learn some things as well. But let me tell you, if you'll follow the leading of the Spirit, He may lead you into the wilderness, but you'll learn that God can prepare a table in the midst of that wilderness. Are you listening to me? You'll learn that. David had to learn how to trust God how to depend on God for everything. And that is not a place that we come to quickly or easily. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes some time. David had to go through this for about 10 to 12 years in order to learn what it was that God wanted him to learn. How long have you been in the wilderness? Hmm. Saul's got 3,000 men with him. He goes to the wilderness of Engedi to kill David. Let me tell you this. When the sin nature goes unchecked, when there are no restrictions on that sin nature within the heart of an individual, There is no limit to the evil and wickedness that that person can do. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. When the sin nature goes unaddressed, unchecked, there is no limit to the evil that a person can do. And Saul has set himself against the will of God. 3,000 men now to get David. And God sets up a little test now for David. There's one thing that's going to happen to you as a child of God, and it's this. A little test of your faith. All faith has to be tested. And great faith has to be tested greatly. And God sets up a little test for David. Now, understand this about the test. The test is not to show God anything. Because God already knows everything. He knows your thoughts from afar off. He knows what you're going to do before you do. He knows what you're going to eat today before you do. God knows everything. So the test is not to show God anything. The test is to show us something about ourselves that we did not see and realize before. Now, David didn't pass all the test, And neither has any of us today passed all the test. But now David would pass this particular one here. Well, what was the test? The Bible tells us that Saul went into a particular cave. He went in there to go to sleep for the night, not knowing that David and his men were hiding in the cave. And Saul covers himself up to go to sleep. And the Bible says now, Dana, if you will pull it up on the screen, verse 4, 1 Samuel 24, verse 4. 1 Samuel 24, verse 4. And the men of David said unto him, Behold the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Does anybody see a problem with that? God ain't said no such thing. You think about that. God didn't tell David to do no such thing. You as a child of God, you need to know what God has said. That's why it's important for you to come to church. It's important for you to come on Wednesday night. It's important for you to come on Sunday morning, Sunday school, church. And any other time that we've got the door open. And I understand all of you got different schedules and you're working in whatever the case. Well, we've eliminated that excuse. You can go to establishedinthefaith.com and you can get every message that we've preached here in this church. You can find it right there on the internet. And if you don't go to establishedinthefaith.com, there are plenty of other preachers. And, and, and Christian programming and radio that you can go and listen to and get fed on a daily basis. You can learn this Bible. There is no excuse. You are without excuse. And let me say something else. Men died to give us the freedom that we have here in this country. Men died to give us this Bible that I hold in my hands. When you open up God's Word and you read it, men died for you to have that privilege. And you should avail yourself of what is written in this Bible. And you may come to church. Thank God for that. You may go to the website. You may listen to Christian programming. But you need to take the Bible yourself and read it for yourself. Study it. Learn it. You need to know what God has said in His Word. Now, there is a teaching today that has become quite prominent. The hyperfaith doctrine also known as the Grace Revolution Doctrine, that says that when Jesus died on Calvary, he died for all sin, past, present, and future. That much of it is right and correct. But now here's the wrong part of that. You as a Christian, when you sin... You don't have to ask God's forgiveness because grace automatically covers the sin. That's the wrong part. It's becoming quite prominent now and people are swallowing it hook, line, and sinker today because they don't know. Sounds good. But it ain't according to what's written in this Bible. See... The Bible says, 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And when John wrote that, if we, he included himself into that we. So John was saved. And he's talking to saved people there in 1 John. He said, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me give you another example. Revelation chapters 2 and 3 in your Bibles. Jesus had one message to every one of those churches that He addressed, and it was, repent! Repent! You as a child of God, although you've accepted Christ as your Savior, and you've got the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of your heart and life, when you do wrong, the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of that wrongdoing. He's going to let you know that you've done wrong. And you're going to have to go before the Lord and Ask Him to forgive you of that thing. This doctrine goes on to say that this bad feeling that you get as a Christian when you sin, that's demon spirits trying to talk you out of your salvation. Now I want you to think about that for just a minute. When you do wrong, and you feel bad about it as a child of God, they teach that that's a demon spirit. Hmm. Let's look at this a little bit more. David was tempted there in verse 4. He rose up. He's got a knife in his hand. He goes over to Saul. Saul's laying there asleep. He only knows he's in the world. And David stands there with that knife in his hand. And he's tempted. that he can take that knife and plunge it into Saul's chest. Or not. What would you do? If somebody was causing you that much trouble, what would you do? You see, there ain't a lot of problems in this world that a few funerals can't take care of. Hello? Are you hearing me? David has an opportunity to solve his problem. But instead of killing Saul, he cuts off Saul's skirt. Believe me, David wanted to cut off more than that. But he wouldn't kill Saul. cut off his skirt and the moment he did it the Bible says that David's heart smote him let me ask you a question do you think that was a demon spirit that smote David's heart when he did that no and let me tell you something You can blaspheme against God. You can blaspheme against Jesus Christ. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, there's no forgiveness for that. And for people to say and teach that that conviction that you feel as a Christian when you do wrong, that's a demon spirit, that's blasphemy. And for you to embrace that teaching. Friend you're on very dangerous ground as a child of God. Repentance is not a one time thing. Repentance is an attitude. It is a lifestyle. That you and I as a child of God should always. Be quick to engage ourselves in. Someone said that if we're going to have a revival, then the depths of that revival will be according to the depths of our repentance. Let me say that again. If we're going to have a revival, then the depths of that revival will be according to the depths of our repentance. And David's heart smote him. What was that? That was the Holy Spirit. That was the blue lights of the Holy Spirit in your rear view mirror. You see, the lost world out here don't have that. They see the sign that says 55 and they go 75 and they blow right past it don't think nothing about it. But, You put a state trooper right there at that sign. And you'll start seeing the brake lights come on. The Holy Spirit within your heart and life is that Holy Ghost state trooper. And friend, let me tell you, when you do wrong, he's going to pull a blue light on you. And you had better hit the brakes. Are you hearing me? And David's heart smote him. And he said to his men, verse 6, The Lord forbid that I do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Now this doesn't mean that Saul was anointed of the Holy Spirit. By this time, as I'm sure you've already read and we've looked at it, the Spirit of God has departed from Saul. And Saul is actually demon-possessed at this particular time. But this right here simply means that although Saul was the people's choice, God played a part in that and chose Saul to lead God's people for this particular period of time. And David recognized the fact that he was God's chosen man for this particular time. And I'm not going to raise my hand against that which God has chosen to lead His people. If it won't for the restraining power of the Holy Spirit within our lives, there ain't no telling what we'd do. Think about it. If it weren't for the restraining power of the Holy Spirit in your life, there's no telling what you would do. Now, the next day, Saul leaves the cave. And David does something here. And you're like, why in the world does David do this? It's like this. As a child of God, when you do wrong, all sin is against God. Okay, understand that. You need to ask God to forgive you when you sin. But there are some sins that are against our fellow man. And when you've done somebody else wrong, you need to go to them and you need to get it right. And David did wrong when he cut off Saul's skirt. Well, you say, well, brother James, that won't no that really won't that bad what David did. He did he did better than what I would have done, brother James. I'd have cut him cut him off about twelve inches shorter than what he was below his head. You say, well, it won't that bad what David did—just cut off his skirt compared to what he could have done. Well, the Holy Spirit thought it was bad enough. And you might think, what I did wasn't that bad. Well, why did you feel guilty about it after you did it? The Holy Spirit will convict you. He'll deal with you about the most minor of things. Well, James, it wasn't that bad. Well, the Holy Spirit definitely thought it was. And David had to confess his wrongdoing to Saul. And he went to Saul, put his life on the line here. Because Saul could have given the word, kill David. When David did this thing, he laid it all in the hands of God. And said, I'm going to let God deal with this situation. David is already learning through the wilderness experience to trust God. Difficult situations, we've got to learn how to let God handle it. And we might not understand how things are going to work out, but God does. And if we'll let Him deal with it, He'll work all things for our good. David reveals to Saul what he did, and Saul repented for trying to kill David, but it was a short-lived repentance. And let me tell you something, Christian. Your repentance had better not be short-lived. Repentance is something that you, as a child of God, should do on a daily basis. Because there's not a person in this room, there's not a one of you listening to me by radio today There's not a person out there that's dotted every I and crossed every T. Are you listening to me? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even the best among us, whomever that may be, we slip and fall. And we have to go before the Lord and we have to let Him wash our feet as the Lord did with Simon Peter. As we walk in this world, we pick up things. We have to go before the Lord and we have to confess our sins and let Him wash us up and clean us up. Has your heart smote you? And what are you going to do about it?